Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you, seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we are underway on a Friday, the 21st morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks so much for being with us. Coming up on the program today, we've got a couple of great guests. Representative Jennifer Gross returns to the program, fresh off of her Tuesday introduction of House Bill 248 into the Health Committee. Um in the uh, Ohio House of Representatives. House Bill 248 could not possibly be more important. It is essential. It is crucial. It is all of those things. Find some more synonyms. Crack your, crack open your thesaurus and get back to me with a few more. Um, because it is that big that it passed to protect our liberties here in the state of Ohio. It is huge. She will tell us about 248 at uh, 935 this morning. Then at 1035, our regular, <clears throat> excuse me, Friday visit with commentary, political commentary from uh, Christina Hagan. So a current representative in the State House, Jennifer Gross, with a former representative in the State House, Christopher Hagan, are two guests today, 935 and 1035. So before, between, and after those interviews, you are welcome to join us at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here. I will not begin talking about the news of the day. Until we have a pause for our pledge. So if you are a patriot, and within the sound of my voice, in whatever manner that is, please join us by standing. Put your hand on your heart. If you have a flag in your yard or nearby, please go ahead and face it. Leftists, go ahead and take your traditional knee. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
You know, I begin every show that way by getting that little dig in at the leftists. Um, and I do so unapologetically. And I do so with full conviction that this is what they do. They may not actually take the literal knee during the Pledge of Allegiance, but I promise you they're not standing. I promise you they're not putting their hand on their heart. I promise you they are not reciting that Pledge of Allegiance to this great nation because they do not believe in this great nation. They believe in destroying this great nation. Oh, I'm sorry. What is the word? Uh, They believe in fundamentally transforming this great nation which is, of course, the same thing as destroying it, but it's a little bit more PC. I started, uh, or actually I commented on that last night, and I want to say thank you before I get into the meat of the uh, news of the day, including the ceasefire in Israel and what that means to you, why we should care here in the United States, and we absolutely should. Uh, But I want to say thank you to Mario Innocenzi, Geauga County Conservative Club last night, sold-out event, over 300 people at uh, Guido's Event Center, it was a tremendous event in Chesterland yesterday. Heard some great speeches from some great candidates for the United States Senate race. Um, just a lot of inspiration coming from a room full of real conservatives. Not necessarily Republicans, but most, most importantly, a room full of conservatives. And I started my talk last night. <clears throat> Two things I want to stay, say, actually, about this. Um, one of which is what I just said. I, I I gave a little speech, and I just tried to kind of draw a comparison between the absurdity of critical race theory if we were to compare it to something called critical sex theory. Critical race theory, as you know, preaches, uh, along with the 1619 Project, that America was founded as a systemically racist nation. This is why it was, ex- it was created. It was created... <clears throat> excuse me, in order for the institution of slavery to be protected and grown and expanded. And that institution of slavery is the reason why this country has its original sin, and that original sin will never go away. Never mind the hundreds of thousands of people who lost their lives trying to defeat uh, uh, slavery by way of winning the Civil War and defeating the secessionists. Uh, Never mind all of the blood and treasure that has been spent trying to undo the wrongs of the past. We need to punish people in the present for mistakes and terrible treatment of other people in the past. Right? That's what critical race theory posits, that there are always oppressors who are the majority, who are white, and there are always the oppressed, who are the minorities, who are people who are black and brown, in particular black. Critical race theory says that uh, we have original sin. White people are indeed inherently, to their DNA, racist and evil. And that black people, uh, by virtue of their dark skin, are never going to be seen the same way and never be given, given the same opportunities that white people will in a systemically racist nation. Critical race theory wants to teach little white boys to be ashamed of themselves and teach little black boys and girls uh, to feel completely and forever victimized. And we, you know, we talk about that all the time on this program. Last night, I just wanted to illustrate the absurdity of it. So I did a, a speech in which the first 15 minutes of it outlined the horrible treatment of a class of people from go, going back in the 1700s uh, through the early 1900s. And I talked about the, uh, uh, the treatment. Lack of rights granted, lack of privileges, uh, essentially, you know, kind of slavish conditions in which they lived. And how we should make reparations for that. 
And, of course, I wasn't detailing the treatment of African Americans at the time, slaves and then freed slaves. Um, I was talking about women who were not treated as equals by men, didn't have rights to own property, didn't have rights to do pretty much anything they didn't consult with their husbands for first, didn't have the right to vote, didn't have a right to uh, have jobs that paid them. They had to work around the house. They had to raise the children. Uh, and they essentially were second-class citizens. They were subservient. And I talked about how insane it would be if we punished the descendants of oppressors and rewarded the descendants of that oppression and how silly it would be to have something called critical sex theory, in which case today's young males would be taught to hate themselves, not for their white skin, but for their male genitalia. Because men in the past subjugated women to second-class citizen status. And today's young women should feel always victimized and never empowered to be able to accomplish and do the things that they want to do because they'll never be seen the same way because people who were victimized, uh, women who were victimized a couple of centuries ago. It would be silly for us to tell schools to teach little boys to hate themselves and little girls to feel less than simply because of things that happened then. It would be even dumber and more outrageous for today's males, men, to have to pay reparations out of their own paychecks through the confiscation of taxes or whatever the case might be to give to the descendants of victims of that type of discrimination, talking, of course, just about women. Men don't have to take chunks of their paychecks and give them to women they don't know because they were oppressed uh, in terrible ways centuries ago. So I, I, I tried to illustrate the absurdity of punishing one group of people for mistreatment of another group of people centuries ago and punishing the, the modern-day descendants of those people. So what does that have to do with, uh, with fundamental transformation? It has to do with exactly what I described. The Pledge of Allegiance is allegiance to a nation that must stand united if it is to stand at all. Because a nation, like a house divided, will never be able to stand. The goal of critical race theory supporters, and again, if I were to expand my my example, my comparison, uh, analogy, you know, the goal of somebody who supported critical, critical sex theory in just as absurd of a scenario, making people today pay for the sins of people in the past, the goal is to divide. Whether you divide us down the middle on black and white, or on men and women, doesn't matter. Division leads to destruction. And that is the goal of leftists who do not believe in this great republic, to destroy it by way of fundamentally transforming it. You cannot fundamentally change something until you destroy what is already in its place. And that is what they have begun to do. So anyway, just a little recap on that. Thank you to Mario and uh, Innocenzi and the group uh, at uh, or uh, excuse me, Jogger County uh, Conservative Club last night. It was a great event. I got a lot of really great feedback and learned a lot from a lot of great speakers as well. And uh, uh, I hope you take that with you. I hope you take that. If somebody can't understand critical race theory, try to explain to them what if it was sex instead. What if it was critical sex theory? Maybe then people will understand just how absurd the notion is. All right.
having said that, I want to get into the news of the day. And the biggest news of the day is a ceasefire, tentative as it probably is. A ceasefire that went into effect is still holding. In southern Israel, life is getting back to normal. This after 11 straight days of fighting between Hamas and the Israeli military. For now, the rocket fire and airstrikes have both stopped. Though with 80,000 Palestinians internally displaced, international organizations in Gaza plan to step up efforts to start rebuilding and get people back into their homes. The Hamas-run Palestinian Health Ministry says at least 230 Palestinians were killed during this round of violence. 65 of them were children. Despite U.S. statements, this was an Egyptian-led ceasefire agreement. The Americans do not play any role in formally enforcing the deal. That last part is critical. Actually, the last two parts are critical. Number one, you heard 235-some Palestinians killed in this uh, thus far, including some 65 children. This is, of course, the only thing that the mainstream media will focus on. It is the only thing that the uh, leftists who support terrorism in the United States Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, you know, Jihad Omar, Sharia Tlaib, uh, all of the squad, squad members or squids, if you will, um, Bernie Sanders, anybody who, Black Lives Matter, anybody who's spoken out in favor of the Hamas terrorists will focus on 65 dead children in Gaza and say, how dare you, Israel? How dare you? How dare Israel defend itself against rocket attacks intended to kill children in Israel, particularly Jewish children in Israel, How dare you fight back and fire back at the locations from which these rockets are being sent into Israel? Now, I just need to state the obvious here because it's not obvious to everyone. And if it is to you, I apologize for the elementary primer here. But Palestinians, who, which is a euphemism anyway, because there never is and never has been a recognized Palestine, but Arabs, including Hamas, and including Islamic Jihad in Gaza, and the other terror groups backed and funded, financed by Iran, Um, their intention is to sacrifice their own children. All right? That's not a misspeak. That's not a misspoken line. Their intention is to sacrifice children. That's why they fire rockets from school buildings, from hospitals, from heavily populated with civilian locations, because the Israelis know exactly where the rockets are coming from, and in order to stop the rocket fire from continuing, they bomb those locations where the rocket fire is originating. Then, when civilians die, the Israelis, essentially, or excuse me, the uh, the Arabs essentially uh, say, "We are willing." to sacrifice our own, including our children, if we can just make Israel look bad on the, uh, uh, the, the world stage. Make Israel look like the bloodthirsty human rights violators that target civilians. It's not an accident that you struck this school. It's not an accident that you struck a media building, an associated press building. You're targeting civilians, Israeli Jews, you, you, you violent, bloodthirsty savages. This is the, this is the message that they want the rest of the world to have. When the reality is, the building housed by, uh, or that, uh, houses the AP, the associated press, the media folks in Gaza, um, that building was shared by Hamas terrorists. The schools 
are populated with children, and they're firing rockets from those locations, knowing return fire and bomb raids will target those locations, and knowing the children will die. The Arabs are willing to let their children die, believing they will be martyred, believing they will be martyred and, and be blessed with all of the uh, you know, gloriousness of, of, of Islamic heaven, I guess. That's what they believe, and they're willing to make, let their own people die, particularly their children, as long as it makes Jews look evil. Israeli Jews look evil. So a ceasefire has been brokered between Israel and Hamas. It will not last. It never does. Because, and the other part of that, by the way, is the Biden administration. The end of that clip you just heard there, this ceasefire was brokered by Egypt, not by Joe Biden, not by uh, uh, the State Department, not by Tony Blinken. No one in the United States did this or isn't responsible for enforcing this. This is Egypt. But the bottom line is this. As long as the American government, the Biden-Harris or Harris-Biden government, continues to support Iran, and they do, and continues to refuse to sanction Iran, continues to fund Iran, then guess what? The Iranians will continue to fund and arm the Arabs in Gaza to continue the attacks or to let a little time go by and then restart the attacks on Israel. This will be a never-ending battle because of the weakness of the Biden administration. Understand that. Why do you think this didn't happen for four straight years of the Trump administration? Because the Trump administration was hard on Iran, ended the agreement, stopped sending them cash, sanctioned them, and Iran did not do anything to buck the Trump administration, would never have funded or armed Hamas to commit these atrocities while Trump was in charge. The weakness of the American government right now is the reason why Israel will continue to be attacked despite this very tentative and short-lived to-be ceasefire. All right. I got a lot more on that, and I got a lot more news for you. I want to hear from you at 216-901-0945 after this. So the ceasefire was not brokered by Joe Biden, not by Tony Blinken, but by the Isra- or the uh, Egyptians, rather. It will not last. And and I, I want to I share this with you just because of the disgust that I have for this man. There is a, I don't even want to, I, don't even, I hate acknowledging his existence in Cleveland. I do. I do. I hate acknowledging the existence of Geraldo Rivera in Cleveland. I have watched this far-left uh, anti-Semitic nut for, on TV for far too long. Uh, I have ignored him time and time and time again. Because I don't want to give him any attention because he's on the radio in Cleveland. But I want you to hear what the far-left wingnuts, how they feel about the Israeli-Arab uh, uh, conflict in the Middle East and along the Gaza Strip. I want you to listen to this nut in two separate uh, interview segments with two separate uh, 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 hosts on Fox. Dan Bongino, this is two days ago, Dan Bongino was discussing this with, with uh, Geraldo Rivera, Geraldo Rivera traditionally, or I should say typically, taking the side of the Palestinians, taking the side of Hamas, taking the side of Islamic Jihad, and 
exposing his true, deeply held anti-Semitism. Because you cannot, as Dennis Prager always says, you cannot be anti-Israel without being anti-Jew. If you are anti-Israel, and if you do not believe that Israel has the right to exist and defend itself, then you hate Jews, and you are anti-Semitic. And Dan Bongino pretty much proved that point with this exchange. Listen to this. Just listen. If your point is about me, I'm not going to stop. If your point's going to be yeah, about me, I'm not going to stop. Geraldo Rivera does not understand that Hamas doesn't believe in Israel's right to exist. Hamas wants the Jews dead. And what does he do? The same thing with the police issue. He makes this an emotional thing, and he says, the Palestinian children. Of course we care about Palestinian children. You know the way we save yeah, Palestinian children? I haven't heard you say it. Is we incentivize the terror group Hamas to not fire rockets indiscriminately into Israel. And it would stop immediately. Your debate on, you are so misinformed on this, it's pathetic. It's a bloodthirsty, savage right, Let me calm the waters here. It is a bloodthirsty, savage terror group that is indeed causing this. And all people like Geraldo Rivera can think about is, well, what about the Palestinian children? Do not blame the Israelis for the deaths of Palestinian children. Blame the Palestinians. Blame the Arabs who are putting, they're literally hiding behind children as they fire rockets, saying, I dare you to fire back. Here comes the firing back. Oh, dead kids. But they're martyred, and look what we just did to Israel's reputation on the world stage. This is what I'm talking about. And this is on Fox News. Why they put this far-left wing nut on that network, I don't know. And as I said, this guy's on the radio in Cleveland. That's why I've been just not wanting to give him any attention whatsoever. But I couldn't help myself, especially after that interview with, with uh, Bongino on Hannity two nights ago, and now this from this morning on Fox and Friends. The old city of Jerusalem, the holy uh, city, the, the, the holy land is so much on a tinderbox. It is so fragile, the peace. It doesn't take much for the two sides which have this latent hatred, two people, one country. See, they- just that alone, just that alone explains the anti-Semitism and the hate that is in this man. The two sides, the the mutual hatred. It is not mutual hatred. It is not equal combatants. It is one side on the aggressive, on the aggressive, or on the aggression, and the other side on the defensive. That's it. That's the reality of it. But he continues to paint this as just being it's a tinderbox because they hate each other so much. The Jews aren't starting fights or wars. They want what the other one has. It doesn't take much for violence to erupt. Right. Uh, I was shocked. It's not violence erupting when one side starts a rocket attack on the other side. They didn't meet in the school school, uh, yard next to the flagpole at 3 p.m. for an agreed-upon battle. That's not what this is. This is one side attempting to murder and extinguish another race of people and religion of people and to erase the recognized sovereign nation state of israel it is not a mutual combatant situation to erupt right uh, i was shocked especially because hamas so exists just to be violent and hamas exists well, just to attack israelis and that's why you send four thousand rockets into a into a democratic republic to haphazardly I, I totally try to kill disagree. people 
They didn't I send totally 4,000 rockets? They didn't send 4,000 rockets? I think they absolutely sent 4,000 rockets. But remember, to Palestinians, the, the important audience, Hamas is everything. Hamas yep. provides the Red Cross. They provide uh, the food. They provide the jobs. They provide the military. Uh, they are seen differently by, Hamas, by the Palestinian people and by the Arab world writ large. We can easily dismiss them right. as terrorists don't have to deal with them, but I think it's a lot more complicated right. than that. And, and I think as, we really and as pay the attention. Palestinians walk we through the rubble, they should say, thank you, Hamas. You gave us nothing but uh, death and destruction. We really appreciate it. There'll be a great platform to run on next election, should they ever have one. Brian Kilmeade doing the most important work there. Educating an anti-Semitic far-left nut who doesn't care about Israel or its survival, cares only about the Palestinians' causes and the Palestinian children. Geraldo Rivera is Sharia Tlaib with male genitalia. Maybe. We'll be right back. Okay, 9.38 now. We continue a little bit late coming back in. Apologies for that. Had to get that information to you before the bottom of the hour break. want to welcome uh, Jennifer Gross back to our program now. Jennifer Gross is an Ohio State representative, and she is the lead sponsor for a very important bill that we have been telling you about. This is Jennifer Gross introducing that legislation on Tuesday. It's which may not be removed and are supported by the U.S. Constitution. Our rights were given by God. They are not given based on our acceptance of a medical product. The Constitution provides protection which allows citizens to exercise their beliefs according to the dictates of their conscience. The concept that a state would allow any individual or entity, public or private, to compel an invasive medical intervention on another individual through coercive tactics and mandates sets a dangerous precedent. It absolutely does, and that's why House Bill 248 is so crucial to having passed. Now Jennifer Gross joins us live. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time this morning. How are you? I'm good, Bob. It's so weird to hear my own self on the radio, <laughs> so thank you. Well, no, it's, um, it's a little uh, bit a hoarse. From, sorry. No, I said it's a pleasure. And you said you're about to say you're a little bit hoarse from uh, from uh, presenting uh, that on Tuesday. Yeah, and talking all you know between now since then. Yes, sir. I understand, and that's fine. We can understand you just fine. Let's talk about, uh, you know, the fact that the, since the last time I spoke with you, which wasn't too far, uh, after the, or too long after, you know, the original bill was, was written, um, it has increased in its sponsorship and support. I think you had less than a dozen at that time, and now you've got around 20 co-sponsors. So it sounds like you are picking up steam in the state house. Yes? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had actually a person say to me, if you had 40 before your testimony, you now have 55. Wow. Well, and you know, however, and, and, go ahead. However, I am being pressured to change the bill to a COVID only bill. You have pressure to change it to a COVID only bill. You mean not to uh, include future viruses or pandemics or health emergencies uh, in the in the protections of this bill? Correct, and also other forced vaccinations such as the flu with medical providers and things like that. Now, from whom are you getting that pressure? Um, 
Uh, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> well, you don't Today. have to name names if you don't want to, but I mean, are we talking about people within your own party? Are we talking about fellow representatives in the state house? Are we talking about lobbyists? Are we talking who are we talking about here? It's just in a general um, sense. some of the larger organizations, you know, such as the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, and those types of organizations and then they lobby my colleagues and then tell them things that just simply aren't true about the bill. Um, when you read the bill, the bill is truly about, it is about freedom, and that's what I wanted to emphasize. It's not about the validity of vaccines. It's not about whether vaccination is proper, wrong, because I'm, I'm a pro-vaccine person, if you remember from last time, Bob. I do. And um, it's really about, even me as a clinician, uh, a nurse practitioner, it's about having a conversation. If I can't teach you well and describe to you and convince you, sell you, if you will, on my plan of care for you, you still have the right. It's like having a car and saying, you know, I hate that car. And I say, no, you're going to buy that car. You know, I said, I hate the car. You know, I, I, I need to convince my patient that this this is the right course for them and if they choose for their own body you know it's my it's my job as a legislator to equally protect all people's decisions um here you'll hear people say well if you don't do this we're going to have this the fact of the matter is i have the data in my defense of this bill that we do not have rampant disease in ohio we have had freedom in K-12 vouchers for children, sorry, not vouchers, um, uh, um, uh, waivers and except exemptions since the 1970s. And so that water just, it just doesn't hold water, that argument. And so I would caution people to fall, they don't, they, to really not fall into the fear. I mean, I feel that a lot of what has surrounded us, even with COVID, has been fear-motivated. And fear is a very motivating thing. Um, so. Well, you're you're right, and 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 let's let's get to some of the the meat of this. We're talking with Jennifer Gross, state representative, who introduced House Bill 248 uh, in the Health Committee on Tuesday. This bill is also known as the Vaccine Choice and Anti Discrimination Ad. Now, you as you point out. Uh, you are not a an anti-vaxxer. In fact, uh, two nights ago, we did a webinar, an Ohio webinar with Citizens for Free Speech, in which Stephanie Stock from Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom was our guest presenter, and we pointed that out very clearly, that the sponsor of this bill is a medical professional, a certified nurse practitioner who is pro-vaccine. But it's different to be pro-vaccine than it is to be pro-mandate. And most importantly, pro-mandating of proof of vaccine, which can lead to right. discrimination in employment and denying denial of services or products uh, or just you know entry into facilities. That's the yes. crucial part of HB 248. It is, it is not about being anti-vaccination. It's about being given opportunities to say, to borrow the phrase that the pro-choicers like, my body, my choice. Only in this case, yes. it really is just my body, uh, and I ought to have the right to decide how I care for it. Yes, yes. I like to say I did occupational medicine for a long time, and, you know, I like to say, you know, you can remove your hard hat, you can remove your steel toe shoes, but you cannot remove a vaccine from your body. That's a great, great way to say it. Now, now, to to the point about your people pressuring you 
saying if you want to get get this thing passed, make it only about the COVID-19 vaccine, not about flu shots or future vaccinations that may be mandated or ordered or highly suggested by the government. If that's what it takes, Jennifer Gross, to pass this thing, if you just can't get the numbers and can't secure the votes to pass it, particularly with an override uh, number, because it's likely going to be vetoed by Mike DeWine, um, would mm-hmm. that be a concession you're willing to make to say, well, um, we'll do what we got to do at, here to get this one done? Right now, I'm holding the line, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to surmise about where we may go. I feel this bill's an iceberg. What I don't want to end up with with an ice chip. So my, I get, it. I get team... it. Believe me, I do. But like I said, if we can't get the iceberg, we we, we we have to get what we can get here, right? I mean, we can't just yeah. let this die. You know, and what's the old oh, phrase? Yeah. Don't let the, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. This would be a good Correct. thing to have. It would be perfect if it protected us from future vaccine mandates. Absolutely. Correct. If we can't get perfect here, we got to at least get good, do we not? So to me, the minimum of this bill would be that. I mean, that's the minimum. I think I'm on one exchange. You know, if you plant your flag on one end to the right and then the other person plants plants their flag on the left and ne'er the two shall meet, then that's not how laws are made in the United States, right? We got rid of kings and queens, you know, a long time ago. Um, But I would say that there does need to be a negotiation. I, I, the bill sponsor and the leader of this for, you know, HB 248, uh, it's not up to me to come all the way to their flag. We need to right. really come to the middle. Where is that middle? I'm not ready to divulge that publicly because I know where I want to be. I mean, as President Trump would have said, it's the art of the deal. Um, is there any hope whatsoever of a reasonable Democrat in the state house coming on board? I know the co-sponsors yes, are all sir. Republicans, but anybody who might yes, come sir. on, you there are. Yes, sir. I, I won't divulge who they are at this point. Okay. But I do believe that we have a couple that might um, see this and understand that this is about freedom. This is about not using an emergency use authorization vaccine or any in the future. This is about body autonomy. Um, I believe that that in Ohio we have some reasonable Democrats that can see this. I do have a letter from a Democrat, however, near me that says we don't have a problem. <laughs> and and I feel that that is extremely tone deaf. I mean, if you think there is no problem when yesterday we had a county commissioner in Ohio, and I don't remember what county it is, stating my staff will be vaccinated in Ohio, a county commissioner. You know, I don't know how they have the authority to do that. But that's what I, I've been told well, yesterday. That's that's the nature of this entire thing. And it's one thing for a public entity like a county commissioner. This is the same thing that happened in Montgomery County with the prosecutor's office uh, earlier this month uh, announcing that everyone there in that prosecutor's office must be mandated by a certain date in or must be vaccinated, I beg your pardon, vaccinated by a certain date in June or they will lose their jobs. My goodness. That, that, that. And actually. Go ahead. I, I, Bob, I can't, if I I can't could, explain how illegal that sounds. I'm not a lawyer, but that cannot be. Go ahead. Actually, if I could correct you, it was May 1st, and one person was already terminated with the prosecutor. But again, the law, who gave him the authority to make that? Who, who gave, what law says he can do that? What law says a commissioner can do that? 
Well, that's that's what I want to know, and you know, right. the, the other part one. of this—that's just those are public examples. Uh, the the prosecutor's office and the commissioner that you are talking about. Um, but you know, what about in the private sector? I don't want a private business owner to be able to tell a his employee, "You will get this vaccination, or you are terminated." And I don't want them being able to tell a free citizen who is trying to partake in a good or service provided by a private company and saying. You will either have that vaccination and show me proof thereof, or you can't come into my establishment and and uh, in, and engage in commerce with me. This is what 248 prevents, both on the public and the private side, right? Yes, yes. Although you just had an advertisement, I won't mention who it was, who said you you have to be fully vaccinated to utilize their product. I think I heard that. Yeah, I think I heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and that's. <laughs> That, those are things, the, well, you know what? It wasn't an advertisement. It was a news story. It was a news story. Uh, oh. It was a Bloomberg report about Carnival Cruise Lines, I think is what you heard. Oh, I heard it too. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and, and that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, you know, as far as international travel, those kind of things, we can't set the rules for other countries, but we exactly. can sure as heck abide by the Constitution here in uh, the state of Ohio, both the state and the federal Constitution. We have to be able to tell people that freedom doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't get, you know, eliminated in a race because somebody is scared of a virus. And at the end of the day, that's what this is. This is all built on the fear of other people. And that's why they're saying you will either show that vax passport or you will wear a mask or you will not be allowed to get in and uh and so that's what that's why we have so you know so much work to do on 248 okay. i want to i want to well, wrap Bob. this i want to wrap okay, this representative by, yeah, well go ahead finish your last thought there and then I'm gonna um, ask i have you a colleague in here. colorado who had mm-hmm. a similar bill and i want i believe it's my role as a state legislator to protect the freedoms of ohioans but even in colorado they do not have that freedom i love i love colorado but if the Colorado people don't have the freedom there, I want to be a beacon of hope, light, and freedom in Ohio. And I want people to know that if you want to be free, you don't just have to go to Florida. You don't just have to go to Texas or out west somewhere like Montana or Wyoming. Ohio is open for business, and you are free to live here. That's what I want them to see from this bill. You are free to live your life in Ohio. Come to Ohio. Join us here. We want you. That's I what I want people to see. I watched your introduction or the video, not live, but I watched the video of your introduction, and you did. You emphasized those words. This is about freedom. This is a freedom bill, and I concur. Now, from an action standpoint, uh, we're talking to Jennifer Gross, who introduced that bill in the State House uh, on Tuesday, Bill 248. Action items here. Uh, what do you want the people to do? Tell us what they need to do uh, by uh, to prepare for May 25th. Okay, um, they can go to vote yes on hb248.com to um, give a written testimony. Uh, we are going to be limited on live testimonies, but and if they could, if they are able to please submit those in a PDF format. Uh, we are taking testimonies. We have over 200 and probably way more than that. We probably have 400 at this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is what I, I want to hear from the people. I need to hear from the people of Ohio. I need them to get active and tell their legislators they want the path to 48 for freedom, for freedom. Give their want, testimony to their legislators. I want everybody listening to you and your voice right now to, to hear that website again. It's vote yes on HB 248. 
Vote yes on HB248.com. About two-thirds to three-quarters of the way down the page. I'm looking at it now. You will see what she and I were just talking about. HB248 call to action. This is proponent testimony needed immediately. You've got 400 so far. We need 4,000. We need Ohioans to speak out as loudly and as in as much force as we can. We're going to be directing these messages, these written messages, uh, to uh, Chairman Lips, Vice Chair Holmes, etc. Explain why you support House Bill 248. And then again, if you want to be a live, uh, 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 give live testimony, there's only going to be about 15 allowed, and you make sure to note that in your uh, in your letter so that you could be considered for one of those. But written testimony is needed by thousands of Ohioans, and so I want to again send people to vote yes on hb248.com for details on how to make that happen. And State Representative Jennifer Gross, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Uh, Bob. Please continue the good work, and please keep us posted on the progress, okay? Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you and all that you're doing. Thank you. We appreciate you. You, What you're doing right now is more important than anybody. All right, Jennifer Gross on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll be back. Okay, it's 9.58. Log on to that website. Seriously, it's very important. Vote yes on HB248.com. Vote yes on HB248.com. We need to make sure that every representative who is on the fence, whether they be Republican or Democrat in the Ohio State House, that we push them to the correct side of the fence, to backing this bill, to give us vaccine freedom, which means not to be anti-vax, but to be choice vax and also uh, to be anti-discrimination based on the result of that choice. It's, it's, it's literally what I described. It's liberty and tyranny. Which side are you on? Gary in Olmstead Township is on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Gary. Go right ahead. Hello, Bob. Hey, I called Senator Dolan's office yesterday about House Bill 248. Uh, his aide indicated that... Um, uh, Dolan, Matt Dolan was uh, against government interference, but in support of of uh, business di- dictating uh, COVID policy to employees and uh, or uh, patrons. <clears throat> so I would suggest everybody call Senator Matt Dolan at uh, 614-466-6666. And uh, give him the wrath of God and say, look, support Senate Bill 248. This is pretty serious stuff. And uh, at this particular point in time, I don't think he's in favor of it. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that, to be honest with you, uh, Gary. And I'm glad you called with his phone number and that that, uh, information. Thank you so much, Gary. Um, I'm not surprised by that. Matt Dolan has never struck me as being an especially strong conservative. He's a Republican. He's got a powerful name to an extent. Uh, he's not necessarily a conservative stalwart. If he believes that it's okay for businesses to discriminate against their employees based on their health status and based on whether or not they choose to take certain medical procedures, then um, in my estimation, he's got to go. Now, I know this isn't a call for his removal. This is a call to try to sway him and convince him to support 248, and we'll start there. But I will tell you this. I will not end there if he doesn't come on board. 
nor any Ohio State representative that I can have an impact on. I will indeed do everything I can to encourage voters in each of those districts to oust anybody who thinks it's okay to discriminate against free citizens in the state of Ohio based on their health status or their own medical choices. Matt Dolan is just one of them, but I I promise you he will not be the only one of them. For the sake of the call, though, 614-466-8056 is Matt Dolan's office number. Dial him up. Tell him how you feel about HB 248. And we'll be back.